0: I'm Vivian Nunez, and this is Happy to Be Here, Season 1, Episode 4. This week's focus has been fashion and mental health, and no one encapsulates both more than content creator and blogger Elsa Macy. I can't wait for you to meet her. Here's Elsa. Full disclosure, we've had this scheduled for 3 p.m. and it's 3.51 and we're only just recording now because we were talking the entire time. But that's only gonna make for an even better conversation. Elsa, I'm so happy you're here. Oh my gosh, that's hard to follow up on. But um,
1: so I'm Elsa. I am a full time content creator and I focus on kind of mid size plus size style and like finding your stride in style and that you don't have to be thin in order to be stylish. It's kind of everyday life. I share kind of like pockets of my life, everything going on from kind of the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between just
0: simple living my mental health and just kind of what I'm up to this is why I think I was so excited for this conversation because I feel like even when I was just following you before we actually became friends I was always so hardened by your content because it was so authentically you whatever you were that day right so whatever version of whether it was like outfit um post or whether it was like talking about your anxiety and that was so I was something I was craving, especially in the lifestyle fashion space where it doesn't necessarily happen as often as like the space I exist in in the world is like mental health and grief. Like everyone is talking about it. It's like everyone's Monday, but (laughs) in other spaces, it is much harder to come across that level of authenticity. And I thought you did it so well. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I think it's like it was one of the reasons that I kind of
1: wanted to begin doing this in the first place was it felt like you know, in the content creator space of somebody who started out as, you know, like a a follower or consumer that there were mental health accounts that focused on anxiety. And then there were kind of like lifestyle or style accounts. And it was, it's definitely become more and more the norm to, to have both more and more like creators are showing the, the, the less exciting aspects of their lives, I guess you could, you could say. Um, But, you know, there's, there's also a lot of mental health aspects that are tied into, you know, being a creator that exists in a larger body. And I think that's also very real, like, you know, style at, at a larger size also comes with anxiety with certain things. And when I say that, I always like to acknowledge that I'm still somebody who has like a thin privilege, even though I do exist in a larger body, like I have a lot of thin privilege, which is a hard thing for some people to, to grasp and understand. I, I can kind of go throughout my day and people might not treat me differently because of my size, but my size definitely has made my life harder in some areas. But, you know, I always like to think of the people who are residing in larger bodies that often really get left out of the conversation. So I recognize that I have a ton of privilege with this. So I always try to strike a balance of like, you know, I understand I'm in a larger body, but I also don't have it as hard as a lot of other people do. And I think that's something I like to always preface with. Yeah, I think that there's just a lot of anxiety that also comes with the territory of creating in a larger body, especially three and a half years ago when I started this, it, there weren't as. Now there are so many plus size creators, just mid-sized creators, all different size creators at every size. Um, and three and a half years ago when I was kind of starting in the space that I was in, Nobody was really my size in this kind of classic style New England area that I was kind of focusing in at the time. Um,
0: Mental health and being a creator in the lifestyle fashion space, for you and for a lot of people, can't be two different things. Because, yes, because you are, and I want you to talk more about that because I've been following the space. I have a very modern, made well meets, like, uniqlo kind of style where Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I am just I follow some trends not really but I'm more in like my basics and my symbols but you did come up in a space that was much more preppier, much more classic
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that even as an onlooker was a very thin space and it felt like it was just that and I and I think for me especially too as a Latina it always felt like a very white space for a long time Mm -hmm. and I've loved seeing how over the years it's diversified both in types of people across the board, right? Like race, ethnicity, um, and body types. Because I feel like that just brought it way more inclusive where like I can walk into like a vineyard vines and not feel like I'm going to be a total outcast. Like it Mm -hmm. feels like it can also belong to me in some ways.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's like, you know, when I started creating, there are so many creators that really paved the way. Like Mm -hmm. they, they they walked so other people could run or however Mm -hmm. that phrase goes like there are people who made this a lot easier to to begin like Mm -hmm. I by no means was at the forefront of any like (laughs) movement of anything but like you said when I was kind of entering this like classic style space it was a lot of thin Mm -hmm. women and that was a little intimidating and my style has definitely evolved over the years where like Whereas before, if I was maybe a J. Crew and super preppy, now maybe I'm mm-hmm. more of a J. Crew and a Madewell kind of a gal. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: like, I get my... so much fashion advice from you. Like, I look at all your <laughs> stuff, and that's what I also love too. Is that it is a lot of the brands, thankfully, because the whole space has kind of moved in the right direction, cater to all kind of body types, which is awesome. Because I can, I don't feel like, oh, you are only a plus size creator for only plus size people you definitely that's like your main demo but I can look at it as like I'm a size four um and still be like I want to wear that I'm like also has yeah, and great that, style
1: and that also kind of ties into also what I was talking earlier about mm-hmm. like how even as a plus size person I have thin privilege because I can mm-hmm. shop at a lot of straight size stores not all of them and I can't shop everything they offer. But, like, if a store has an XL or an XXL, like, I can likely wear that. And I have, like, a uh, an audience that's plus size. Then I also have an audience that isn't. Um, and I think, like, the number one thing I try to tell people is, like, put your style on first. And, like, it, you know, style can really, like, translate across sizes in terms of just the general idea of, like, get dressed for yourself first And like, wear what you want to wear because, like, life is really too short not to. Um, There are definitely people that have a lot more limitations when it comes to that, like people on the larger end of the plus size spectrum or people who have disabilities. That, you know, it's there's a lot of people that can't express their style in a way that a lot of us can. Um, That's something, you know, I'm still even learning about, but. I like to focus the dialogue a lot on just like finding your personal style and just like really enjoy getting dressed because for so many years I didn't allow myself to really do either of those things. Um, Because I had a lot of anxiety around it. I almost thought that I wasn't allowed to, you know, really allowed to have the style I wanted to have. I, I think I was so down on myself based on, you know, a lot of what society says about people who live in larger bodies. And when I finally realized that like life was, too short and it took a lot of self-work it was not like a decision I woke up one day and made but if I can inspire people to dress the way they want to dress and like know that style and size are not mutually exclusive then like I feel like at the end of the day I've done my job
0: and you do your job really really well and you actually (laughs) posted something you do and you posted something last week that kind of ties in well to what you just said oh you were talking about wearing sneakers when going into the city and yes. you were kind of piggybacking on this idea of you used to, you used to wear booties in the city, which is like same. And then now <laughs> you can only wear sneakers, which same after living in New York. It's like, I can't do it anymore as much. Um, oh, yeah. It took a while to realize like it's life's too short to not be put, not dressed in things that actually make you feel comfortable. I think that that's something that we all navigate. And I think that's where that intersection of mental health and style can't ever be really disengaged because it's everything from like the texture of what you're wearing to like is this fitting well is this sitting right on my waist is it making me feel like I can't breathe and Mm -hmm. how much of that do we put up with before we're like I I just need to buy a bigger size or I just need to buy something that actually doesn't feel as scratchy just because it's stylish doesn't mean that I should be wearing it how did you navigate so much of those insecurities and or like roadblocks you had in the way of just dressing the way you wanted to to get to the point where you could and like the things that actually made you happy
1: yeah I think like I've made a lot of choices with my dress or with my style I have really really vivid memories or like experiences that I think back to where I felt like so uncomfortable like literally like I was crawling in my own skin almost Mm -hmm. or like paralyzed that feeling where like whether it was like at an event or where it was something where I just was uncomfortable in what I was wearing, not from a place of people looking at me because I was larger or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatnot, but it was like, maybe something was physically uncomfortable on my body or something really didn't excite me. And I felt like I was like looking around the room and seeing all these women who were dressed so well. And I was like, see, I wanted to wear that, but I didn't, or I wanted to wear, Mm -hmm. you know, something that like that, but I didn't. And uh, you know, I get a lot of splotches on my chest. I get a lot of hives and they can be super distracting. And I, I always, people always like to ask if I'm okay, which is so nice that people are like, you know, thinking selfless. Um, but sometimes I'm like, no, I'm fine. And people stare at my chest, you know, my neck. And I was recently on a panel at a conference um, and I was deciding <clears throat> between two dresses And one had like a higher neck and the other didn't. And I was like, so the other one is more my style. But this one, I know that when I'm up there speaking, people aren't going to be staring at my splotches, which (laughs) will happen. They're inevitable. Anytime I feel any kind of emotion, they they come out. Um, And I opted for the dress that I felt physically comfortable in, even though it was still definitely my style. At the end of the day, I looked back and I was like, you know what? I made the right choice because I was comfortable. And that dress was still my style. And because I was comfortable, I wasn't focusing on like, oh God, I'm so uncomfortable. And I was able to engage. I was able to answer everything and speak the way I wanted to speak. So it's such a balance because sometimes you might, you know, I struggle sometimes with, oh, I really want to wear that, but I know I'll be physically more comfortable in that one. Really from just like a a sensory perspective, less so about what I think people perceive, how people perceive me to look. But I think I also just kind of shed this idea of like, I I was like, I quickly learned too, that people, no matter what size you are, people are really blown away when somebody is confident and they're comfortable. Like, you know, you could be a size zero, you could be a size 24. If you are comfortable and you are confident, that is the first thing people are going to see.
0: Like at the core, as humans, we care what other people think about us. But I think it also helps reflect back what do we think about ourselves? And I love the way that you describe that decision making between like what dress should you wear for the panel, because I think that that exudes the amount of confidence you have in yourself now, right? Where I think at a different point, and I know I've been in those situations where I'm like, well, I'm going to wear the thing that is going to make me feel the most stylish because that's what I think I should be wearing and I'm going to like, I want to step outside of my comfort zone or I want to make sure that I feel like I'm actually, um, it's almost like a a bet against myself. Like I know this is what someone who is confident would wear versus like, this is what someone who knows herself well and wants to be comfortable would wear.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of the times what's missing is like, we all want to be that confident person, but Mm -hmm. there's a step in between like, You have to be comfortable in order to be confident. And a lot of the times we think, oh, I just want to wear the most, the the coolest thing I can Mm -hmm. because that's what will make me confident or stylish or, you know, perceived way. But you have to be comfortable and and that's when you're going to be the most like yourself and that's when your natural confidence is going to shine. And like what I always tell people about confidence is it's not, your confidence is not for anybody else you know like your confidence is for yourself so that you can be comfortable and you can go into a situation or you can go into a room or whatever you're in or even when you're just walking down the street by yourself it's just that you understand that like you are worthy enough to have a positive experience and like you don't have to be feeling uncomfortable with yourself um and that's what to me confidence is is like feeling comfortable and knowing that you are worthy of a positive experience and to just enjoy
0: I think for too long we were told that the person we had to aspire to be like is the person who's the coolest person in the room but the older you get you're like no I want to be the person who's like super fine, being quiet and like super content with their life and just happy to be here that is something that has helped you garner a community on TikTok is the fact that you show up and you're just like hey guys I'm here Like, there is no pretense behind what you're doing, and you do it so well, right? There's skill set, obviously. There's so much skill behind, like, the actual video production. There is skill and eye behind the actual style. But then there's just you as a person who has to be the model that is wearing all these things and by which the vehicle through which everyone sees it. And you are just fun. Like, you are just, like, a fun, genuine person to follow. I think that the internet right now and the way that community building and social media frames it up to be is like you have to be the loudest person in the room or you have to be posting mm-hmm. 700 times a day just to make sure that things are clicking and I'm like people care about people and if you show up once a day and you're just like your most genuine self like they'll latch on to you you are like one of my favorite examples of a content creator who just does it right well thank you <laughs> oh my gosh
1: and you know I think with TikTok it was like it was something that I think I actually really, really needed as a creator. TikTok changed my life. And and I know that the app is has a lot of positive attributes. I know that it has a lot of negative attributes. Um, but it really, it well, it changed my life in terms of my career, but it also actually really changed my life in terms of just like how I show up. That app is a totally different World than Instagram, where Instagram is curated. On TikTok, I could kind of just shove my phone on a light post and show up that day. And I feel like there's more comparison that happens on Instagram too. Like even creator to creator. And on TikTok, it was kind of I just loved kind of going somewhere where like not not many people knew me. I was just was like, okay, I'm start I'm starting from from the ground up here. Like and people just kind of met me where i was um and they cared about really the content of my content you know i think on instagram they do too but on tiktok it's like you don't need the fanciest um photography you don't need to be um you don't even need to be necessarily saying something profound every day you can like just show up and just make it exactly what you want to be and people respond well to it because it's not a place where a lot of BS can happen or a lot of fluff can happen. People on TikTok, they can see right through that. Um and they'll let you know. They will let they will let you know. <laughs> um it just really allows you to create for the sake of creating uh for like what it is that you want to say or what it is you want to share. Like sometimes on Instagram, I think you know, if somebody only shows outfits every day, it can be like maybe deemed trivial or they're not um showing It you know maybe they're not as authentic or showing these other facets to them but on on tiktok it's totally okay to do that too like you can show up and choose what you want to create and and it's okay like there's a lane for everything there which is really nice um i love that because it
0: a hundred percent is that um tiktok is just accepts you how you are on instagram i felt even i've been on there i guess quote unquote professionally for like the last eight years and you just have to earn it. Like Instagram stories, for me at least, is a very different beast. Like people are just so much more giving on there. But like the people who are really engaging with me on Instagram story very rarely see the things I post in my profile because of just the way the algorithm works. And so I found the same exact experience on TikTok where so much of it was just permissible. Like it was allowed to engage in ways that make sense for me um and I was able to create without the pressure of needing to be for it to be anything
1: exactly there's just no pressure there there's no pressure like creator to creator on that app um and I I kind of felt like you know on Instagram and like the micro influencer community like there sometimes can be pressure like Sometimes I see a lot of other creators kind of deciding like who's authentic and who's not, and like vocalizing these things. And I'm kind of like, you know, unless somebody is really like your friend, like you can say you. I would trust you to make that assessment of perhaps m- me, but you know, I, I think that kind of judgment doesn't really happen over there on that on that app on TikTok at least. Like people are just like, oh, cool, you're actually creating. <laughs> you go like
0: they cheer you you on so much more on (laughs) tiktok like anyone finds you i started doing a series Mm -hmm. like a month or so ago where literally i was just filming myself a couple of seconds of a walk and i would just call it um my purposeless walk and i would go on these purposeless walks i'm like i my claim to them was just i don't know how to do anything without a purpose Everything Mm -hmm. in my life has always had a purpose. If I'm going on a walk, I'm going to run an errand and I'm making it feel purposeful. And I'm like, I just want to know what it's like to not do that. Like what will happen if I don't talk on the phone? If I don't pick up a podcast, if I don't go for something, I'm just walking in the street. Where do I go? What do I find? And, I resonated with with the, with the crowd on TikTok, who's like, holy crap, I've never done anything in my life that has, that is purposeless, like, everything has a purpose, I'm reexamining everything, but it's, like, those little human moments that wouldn't resonate as much on Instagram, because there's just no room for them anymore.
1: Yeah, and, and it's so interesting, because, like, my community that I have on Instagram, um, I cherish so much like the women that I've cultivated and men and people that I've cultivated in my simply Elsa corner of Instagram. I cherish so much and they've been with me for so a lot of them have been with me for like years from the early days when I was, you know, just a very small creator who was really just doing it at, on the side and, and so when I, when I speak about TikTok and Instagram, it's not necessarily like my community versus my community. They're more so just like the differences in the apps and the overall style and like the overall like vibe of each one. But in like the comment sections on TikTok, people, like there's a lot of like raw human moments that will happen, like stranger to stranger, mm-hmm. like unknown username <laughs> to unknown username. Like a lot of people like really, um like find a lot like a really strong sense of like support on TikTok which is super interesting and I think on Instagram that's there too but it's just a very different kind of raw and unfiltered experience over there but Like the way that I explain to people is, I'm like so Instagram it's like you're going to a dinner a sit-down dinner and you like know everyone who's invited <laughs> you know like you know who's there like you know everyone that's going to be there because they're part of your community they've been part of your community but TikTok is almost like uh, you're going to like a bar, and you have no idea, like who, it, like who you're gonna bump into, or what you're gonna, or like what what kind of person you might meet. Um, it's like at the end kind of, of night, you can of it. end
0: up having new best friends or like new worst enemies. <laughs> oh my, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like like you would in a bar. Like you could leave with someone you might yeah. be invited to their wedding, or you could have made an enemy. You, an know, you never know. along the way. As you're navigating the ins and outs of these platforms, I think it becomes very pivotal as you're creating to not fall into the trap of needing to create a certain amount or to needing to put so much pressure on yourself that the joy of creating comes out of it. Um, And I feel like that's such a big mental health aspect. It's something I'm super fascinated with, just like that intersection between our creativity and our mental health and how much it takes from each other but also feeds each other. How do you navigate being a creator in these spaces with an audience and simultaneously managing your own mental health at the same time? It's
1: hard. You know, it's Mm -hmm. definitely challenging. Something that I kind of established with my communities early on was like, I was super open about my mental health, open about that, you know, I have clinical anxiety and depression. Like, it's not like something that I can uh, go sit outside in mm-hmm. the sun for an hour and I'll feel better like there's you know I've got like a significant chemical mm. thing going on so which a lot of people do a lot of people yes do. um and there's no shame in that like most people have you know it's it's normal my communities know this I would rather not show up at all than show up and force myself to make content that I don't want to make mm-hmm. for the sake of making it just so that I can maybe keep up with my peers or like mm-hmm and they know that, like I had an an experience in January. I mean, you know, this, you were someone who helped me through a lot of that month. I was having a really rough go with my mental health. Um, not because of social media, but it was really hard for me to show up on social media. And I think towards the end of the month, I like let my Instagram community know. Um, and I let my TikTok community know, I said, I've been having a really hard go with my depression. Like it's been really hard. Um, and I'm doing much better now, but that's kind of where I've been. And the amount of support, the amount of support I experienced was like unbelievable. Um, uh, but there's pressure sometimes because you people are there and you genuinely want to give them things to, to, you know, engage with or, or look at or, or take value away from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can feel guilty sometimes if all these people are following you and maybe you're not creating enough, but at the end of the day, I think everyone just wants to see you kind of doing well, but it's hard. Cause you know, at, at some point, at some point in the, tra- in your trajectory of like your mm-hmm. content creating career, there is a shift. Um, if you choose to kind of do it full time, like I've done it and, and it becomes your, your income and it becomes your job and you do have to hold yourself accountable, good days or bad days. And, I fully know that there are so many privileges that come with being a content creator. And, you know, I get to have a flexible schedule. I can make Mm -hmm. my own schedule and it's, it's hard when you, uh, when you put yourself out there and then you feel misunderstood, which, you know, I had, a (laughs) have had experiences with
0: that. Um, We set boundaries and I think that doesn't stop just when it's your job, right? Like it's a community. And it's so interesting because when when it's a brand building out a community they'll have community managers that are hired specifically to moderate your things and it just so happens that for those who are content creators and self-employed like they are their their community managers and moderators yeah they are they're a one-man show um but people will regard it differently and i think that is a little bit a part of the the tension on social is that I'm coming on as a creator and you're coming on as a follower and automatically there is a a a setup in that relationship where I'm the person providing and you're just kind of engaging but we're not on the same level and that you can't create stuff for my platform in the same way that I can but I think that people misconstrue that relationship to say like we're all friends so like we have these endless empty boundaries where we can just say things to each other but I think that's not true and I think that we don't hold sometimes the communities in responsible enough for that as well um yeah and we focus more on like what can the content creator do and like that's important and essential but so is the responsibility and like the unspoken contract that you're coming into as a follower of just like I'm gonna be a nice person when I exist in this community like that is a contract there
1: yeah, and I think, you know, on TikTok, there's a lot of
0: dialogue happening. I think it's called a parasocial relationship
1: where it's mm-hmm. like um, it's not a one-sided relationship. But a lot of times in social media settings, there's people that might feel like they know you really well, but you don't know them really well. And mm-hmm. it can start to get personal. It can start to feel more personal when the creator chooses or chooses not to do certain things, yeah. um, even though it isn't personal to that person I always try to strike a, a balance where it's like, I'm so grateful for my community and the same. people who choose to follow me and the people who support me. It, but it's hard because at the same time, you, there are some people who it might not really matter what you do. You could just share a dress. They don't like, and mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're X, Y, and Z, or I don't like to go on my platforms and necessarily like complain um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: about, the bad aspects of content creation or like the criticisms you get from people. Um, but I think it's, it can take a toll on you sometimes. It can be difficult. And I'm, I'm, I don't even want to say I'm thankful as much as I think I am lucky that I'm someone who doesn't get a lot of heat or hate Mm -hmm. online. Um, I think I'm very lucky in that. And I think it also has to do with just like the members of my community. I think I've, I've cultivated a really nice community of people.
0: Um, and I've but there is- been using the word community, too, because I feel like there's such a big push for people to build a following and right. to have the following unlock the door to, like, wealth and kind of all these things. But, like, I've always, I have a very dedicated and small community on the Internet that I'm just so grateful for because, like, in the deeper times of grief or mental health struggle, they've been so open and present And I just think that that's like an amazing way to use the internet is like to bring people together to talk about things that help other people or that bring people joy. And so I love that even throughout this whole episode, we've just been using the word community because that is what it is, right? Like the title of the podcast is happy to be here. And I think that that's, they are the main reasons why you are happy to show up on the internet,
1: yeah and it's so true, like, and I know I kind of maybe was was talking about the harder aspects or how I mean same yeah, people you know feeling misunderstood and stuff, but that's such a small fraction of like the amazing community that you build um, and I'm so grateful for the the people that are in my corner on the internet. like I don't have the biggest you know following I don't and I'm just so thankful for the people that are part of mine because they are the people who allow me to kind of wake up and,
0: and do what I do. You've built, like, such an amazing community on the internet. And I think that thought has been a testament to who you are and how warm you are. Um, so as we start wrapping our conversation up, I'd love to know what are some things that are just making you feel really happy to be here in this world and in the internet, wherever you – wherever here is for you right now? I think just,
1: like, human connection, you know? Like, whether it's people who – follow me or friends like you that i've made through the online space the friends that i've made through tiktok are really phenomenal people that maybe i wouldn't have met through instagram and the people on instagram maybe i wouldn't have met on tiktok
0: i'm just really like happy to be here for like human connection i really can where can people find you on the internet
1: you guys can find me on instagram and on tiktok my handle is simply underscore elsa or you can go to my website simplyelsa.com. but if you want some unhinged style content but go to my tiktok <laughs> um if you want some peeks into my everyday life check out instagram but yeah that's where i hang out
0: thanks for tuning in to this week's episode remember you can listen to happy to be here anywhere you listen to podcasts please rate review and especially share My goal is to bring community together that can help support each other on this journey. It starts with you inviting one friend. I'll see you on Tuesday.